Welcome back, everyone, to another great episode of Classic! This is Classic! Elder Scrolls brought to you by the Quest Gaming Network, available for download on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and questgamingnetwork.com. Today's record date is Freitas Last Seed, the 17th, and this is episode 79, Sweeping Through Bruma. I'm your host and fellow Tamrielic Traveler, and I am joined by the man who's about to bruma you up a nice hot cup of lore in Elder Scrolls history, the one and only Mike the Tamrielic Historian. I don't know if we can get any more, you know, bruma, you know, puns in here. You better make <laughs> sure you pick up a broom when you get to there. <laughs> a broom you the up here. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Mike? I'm doing good. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long time, it seems like, you know. It, it does. Gosh, a lot's happened since we last spoke. Yeah, you know, it's uh, you know been crazy busy this summer, surprisingly. Yeah. So, has. I mean, you've got you've got a lot going on, of course, on your end. Yeah, and you know, eventually, you know, stuff will settle down. I'll be able to tell our listeners exactly what was going on. But uh, you know, for now, there's a lot of personal stuff that just has you know been crazy. Uh, but you know, like today, you know, you were uh, busy at Men's Warehouse. Uh, I was before the show. I was. So, I was. I was. I was. Yeah. I was. <laughs> Yeah, I'm all excited. I was getting uh I was getting my tuxedos ready for my my wedding. Now I gotta ask, uh Paisley Blue or uh 80s pink? Oh my god, <laughs> Becky, sit down. I have to tell you every detail. Oh my god, ruffle ivory shirts, because they had to be ivory, not white, because I didn't want to wash out my bride, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um she said yes to the dress. I said yes to the tuxedo. I had to have it on my god. <laughs> um so <laughs> uh so this was this yeah i mean um uh, yeah i'm very excited uh we uh I, I went there and i'm like this despite the ridiculous impression i just did of 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 myself there um i'm 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 about as easy going as it gets and the men the guys at men's warehouse were actually laughing at at me to a degree because i'm i'm less fussy than most grooms that they've seen in recent memory um i just walked That's in there a good thing i think <laughs> yeah 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 i just walked in there i'm like yeah i'm here to you know tuxedo wedding and all that and they're like okay you have anything in mind I'm like yeah i just showed him a picture i'm like i'm kind of looking for something like this it doesn't have to be that just something like that and they're like yeah we've got about four or five things that are kind of like that i'm like all right so i looked i'm like yeah that one there is pretty good <laughs> <laughs> that was it well if you're going to the blue palace you better not dress like that you know oh god forbid you know <laughs> i i gotta i gotta tell you even on my paladin uh character in skyrim i quick saved after hearing that i ran over to that woman i killed her <laughs> dealt with the consequences and then rolled my save back just to, <laughs> just to uh just just get it out of my system i suppose uh, I do that on a lot of playthroughs right now, it seems. You know, I'm in the College of Winterhold, and Ancano came up to, to me. I didn't even let him start speaking before I just unloaded on him. I'm like, I know what's going to happen here, buddy. You pissed me off for the last time. <laughs> for the last time, He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Skeletor, too. Yeah, he does. He does. Nasty high elf there, you know. Well, uh, here we are with uh, episode seventy-nine of Classic, and we're going to uh, we're going to do some Bruma stuff. 
Um, so so I'm I'm super excited. Um, also, hello everyone in our our Twitch chat, and thank you Ishabu for the tier one subscription. My goodness! Wow. Um, drops have been enabled for Elder Scrolls Online, by the way. So if you're in the Twitch chat, uh, you may get some ESO drops. So uh, good luck to all those who enter our chat room today. Uh, you can watch us live on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash questgamingnetwork. And you can also email us at elderscrollsofftherecord at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on questgamingnetwork.com. Our Twitter is at Elder Scrolls O-T-R. And we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash questgamingnetwork. And today, we are playing the one, the only, the much lauded, much loved, not lauded, loved, Elder Scrolls for Oblivion. And we're Better known as Potato Head. <laughs> the, the Potato Head uh, Diaries. <laughs> we'll be going through uh, the city of Bruma through the ages. This is part one. Part two, we'll be recording uh, either next week or sometime this month. Um, yeah. And I got something special going on for the next one. So yeah. uh, I've actually been putting a lot of work into it, you know, because of what's going to happen in the next one. So. Okay. It's actually been more work than our normal episodes where I can just, you know, go and look up stuff. So Yeah, so so part two of Bruma, I, we can pretty much tell everyone, right? Okay, yeah. Okay, so part two of Bruma, um, so, so we're in Oblivion right now, but part two is going to be covering uh, the uh, the mod that exists for, for Skyrim. Uh, Mike, you want to talk a little bit about that? So it's called Beyond Skyrim uh, Bruma. It is a uh, introductory mod to um, the Beyond Skyrim group's uh, Cyrodiil, uh, Seat of Sundered Kings, I think is what the mod's called. So Bruma's like, they're, hey, you know, we're not going to be like some of these other big modders who are promising a giant mod and not deliver. We're going to deliver this thing, and here's a taste. And so what they did is they put up an invisible wall along the Orange Road, and they delivered pretty much County Bruma. Uh, with a full quest line, a number of individual quests, fully, you know, voice acted, uh, a whole bunch of new books uh, that talk about stuff that happened after the Great War or after the Oblivion Crisis, after the Great War, uh, some funny stuff. And uh, so that's what we're going to do in part two is we're going to explore Bruma as seen by the community uh, and lauded by uh, the people at Bethesda. They, you know, really praised these guys and promoted it, too. So, um, you know, at first I was like, oh, it's, you know, I, I don't like when mods come out and it's like, you know, we're just going to expand on the lore and you know be like this is what we feel but when you know Zot or uh, bethesda got behind these guys it's like can't be that bad so we're gonna actually cover it next week yeah. or a couple weeks um am i am i am i mis uh misinformed is is does the word lauded actually mean praise i thought it was uh um i thought it meant to not uh, essentially um make fun of it not like no, it. i think lauded is uh, to praise i'm going to look it up right now yeah, let's because uh, I I said lauded in the beginning. I was like, wait, no, I think that means not pray. Uh, but yeah, we got it right here in the dictionary. Here, uh, we admire, lauded. adore, approve, bless, boast, build up, celebrate, commend, and compliment. All right, there it is. So so it does mean to praise, to compliment. So you're right. Laud. There you go. That's it right there. 
<laughs> we've done this before. <laughs> um, we've also have uh, for you the fast question of the week this week in Tamrielic holidays, and of course some of your feedback. Uh, but first, uh, we have a few things we'd like to quickly mention to you, Mike. Yes, the Elder Scrolls Online team is returning to Cologne, Germany, for GamesCon. Meet them at the ESO Tavern at Heller's Bros. Bruhaus? Bruhaus. Bruhaus. Bauhaus? Bauhaus? Uh, I don't know how to speak German. That's uh, uh, Bauhaus is a, uh, a goth band from the late 90s I used to listen to when I was stupid. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> On Saturday, August 25th, and chat with game director Matt Farrer, creative director Rich Lambert, dungeon lead Mike Finnegan, and community manager Kai Schrober. In addition, two very special guests will be joining them. Maluka will join them and perform some of her songs, and Aronja Arts will be there to present her artwork for Arteum. Wow. So, you know, uh, if you're in Europe and you get a chance to go to GameCon, make sure you look for these guys. Uh, That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, especially uh, with Maluka being there. Yeah. Nice, very nice. And then don't forget to pre-register for the Elder Scrolls mobile gaming coming later this year, Mm -hmm. Elder Scrolls Blades, Mm -hmm. on either iTunes or Google Play App Store. Uh, For more information, make sure you head over to ElderScrolls.com. Mike, have you seen the trailer that that, uh, dropped for that, the gameplay that GameSpot did? Oh my god, some of the things that they showed there, it's like they took the, the stuff that we really liked about Oblivion. Yes. And like they put it in Skyrim and then put it in my damn hand. Yes. Yes. And I'm just like, holy crap. I know, I know. I'm going to need to get battery packs to put my phone on because I'm just mobile my ass because yeah. we're going to be stuck stuck to the wall. <laughs> no, I know. It looks it looks great. Now, I, I we did a, um, we did a, I did a ESOTR microblog on a lot of the news from um, QuakeCon from last, uh, uh, from last week, and and Blades was a very big section of of that microblog. So uh, if you want to hear my thoughts on it, go check it out. Um, I think good things and bad things about it. Um, but uh, real quick, Mike, I'd like to get some of your thoughts on it. Uh, yeah, the bad thing is, is once again, we're going into this concept of mobile gaming at a point in time where battery life on phones really can't handle the amount that has already come out for them. So, you know, it's like. For anybody who's ever played Elder Scrolls games, we don't sit down and play for 10, 15 minutes. We play for hours. Yeah, we do. And, you know, so that means it's going to be on your phone or on your tablet, and you're going to be stuck next to the wall with a plug because there is no way in hell that you're going to play for 10 minutes, put it down, go do something. It's not like when you play um, Fallout Shelter where it's like, okay, you've got a set number of things you can do, and then, like, okay, I've done my daily stuff for the day and I'll come back in a couple hours and play for a few more minutes when, you know, my explorers have gone out and come back. Uh, you know, it's not like the card game where you play a couple matches and come back. I, I feel like we're going to be tethered to the wall on, you know, our phones. I'm not too sure about that, actually. I, I tend to, to disagree. Um, I, I actually think it is going to be that way. You think it's going to be very short play sessions and, you know, out and back and then, you know, get off the toilet and go back to work? Uh, I think to a degree, <laughs> yes. I, <laughs> I, I think I think your first uh, I think once you're finally set up on this thing, right, you got you've got the character that um, you have a character that's going to do the things you want it to do, wearing the things you want it to wear. 
um, and you've sort of entered the mobile daily grind with this game. I think very much so, yeah. I think you're going to run out there. I think you're going to do a fortress run, or a castle run, rather. I think you're going to do a run in the woods. I think you're going to go back, take care of what you need to take care of with the town, um, spend whatever you want to spend with your gems, your gold, and that's going to be kind of it. And I think that's... Um, I, I think you're going to have options, too, as far as PvP goes and town building, etc., etc., but... Um, essentially, yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. I think a, a normal gameplay session on this is probably going to take anywhere between 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes if you really want to indulge yourself. And then that's okay. kind of going to be it. Um, I, 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 I see that from the gameplay uh, that we saw from GameStop. Uh, GameSpot, rather. Because when, when we went into the fortress, we went when we went into um, the uh, the woods there... It was a very definite path, especially through the woods, that you had to go through. And there was not a tremendous amount of, of exploration at all. Uh, so so I'm sort of wondering if, if that's going to be the case. Um, what we saw was a demo. So, and it's also a mobile game. So, you know, kind of, I think those, those two facts sort of weigh very heavily on what we saw in that GameSpot video. Uh, so okay. I'm, I'm very interested to see like what we get once this thing does come out. But based on that GameSpot video alone, I, I do kind of think it's going to be like a 10, 15 minute, 20 minute thing at the most. And then okay. off to the next thing. Well, and that might be a good thing then. It might be. It, it, I, I mean, um, look, either way, I'm super stoked. Like really excited. It, it, like I said, despite the fact that I think good things and bad things about this, I'm super excited about this. and I can't wait for Blades. Yeah. But I digress. I'm sorry. Um, what, what's, uh, what's some of the other stuff you want to mention? And then the last thing on the quick dimension. Uh, do you remember Nick Pierce? I do remember Nick Pierce. He was the creator of the mod, The Forgotten City. Yes. We interviewed him yes. on ESOTR. Yes. Well, he recently talked Great to uh, Kotaku, Kotaku. <laughs> about what it takes to bring his mod to a standalone game in the Unreal Engine. Yes. Uh, so he has started an indie game company. He has taken the Forgotten City uh, and he is rebuilding it as a standalone game in its own engine. And uh, if you uh, are interested, you can check out his work at modernstoryteller.com. Uh, that's a hyphen between the word modern and the word storyteller. Mm -hmm. And you can read uh, the interview over at kotaku.com. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, uh, you know, had to go through all of the hoops and stuff to, you know, make sure that he could get it off of the Skyrim uh, platform. Yeah. Uh, without any problems with between him and Bethesda, and then you know, publish get it republished uh, as its own thing. So, uh, I guess he has built the opening uh, scene uh, in the Unreal Engine, and uh, it looked beautiful with the stuff that I did get to see on it. So, yeah, uh, best um, of luck to him. Nick, uh, Nick reached out to me um, a couple of months ago, and he he was sort of telling me about, hey, you know. Um, I actually I turned the, I turned that mod into an actual video game now, and it's getting some some praise. Um, and, and I said, you know, well, that's amazing, and congratulations. And I, I was really excited to hear back from him. And I wanted I want to have him back on the show, and he wants to come back on the show. So we're going to hear from Nick on Elder Scrolls Off the Record uh, sooner rather than later. Actually, um, yeah. really, he's just kind of waiting on me to kind of give him the go ahead um, on when. When to when to jump in, and I'd like to do it soon because it seems like um, news for uh, 
uh, Wolf Hunter and Merkmeyer are going to, you know, kind of tone down a little bit in the next couple of weeks. So I'd like to have him on and just kind of talk about this a little bit. And of course, about, you know, his mod as well, tie it back to Elder Scrolls, of course. So, um, we'll be yeah, I think, soon. you know, the important thing is whenever I talk to a lot of people, it's like, why do people go through all this trouble to make a mod? You know, it's like, you know, the game is done. The company put out the game. Why, you know, why do people go and do all these mods? And, you know, oftentimes they tell them, well, you know, for some people, it's a way to get their feet wet. For some people, it's uh, a way to build a portfolio. For some people, it's part of a class project. Um, but it really shows, like, you know, what can actually happen and why games like the Bethesda games where modding is available. It's so important to the community to to be able to help people who want to get into the video games um, sphere to have a chance to actually play around and mess around and, you know, get their feet wet in uh, um, in an environment that, you know, is really supportive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, modding for, for Elder Scrolls games is, I mean, it keeps it keeps the games alive for, for sure. And um, let me tell you something. It's it's uh, you would think that modding for Morrowind has has died down a bit. I mean, maybe by comparison to when the game first came out, but it is still a very um, uh, mo heavily modded game. So, Oh, yeah. A friend of mine uh, set up a server system to play a multiplayer version of Morrowind, and I think he can have up to 200 players at one time wow. playing Morrowind. Morrowind now, MMO. The problem is, is that without, you know, it's not an MMO, so there's not respawns, and there's all kinds of issues where, you know, like if you, you know, jump the gun and complete the main storyline your friend can't do it but you know if you just want to you know mess around and you know uh, in morrowind and you'll kill bandits you know with friends you can do that right well i mean that also kind of gives a a sort of real life situation to to morrowind if you do something like that because let's face it uh in how do i want to put this um, if, you don't if, get to put another quarter in the in the jukebox, <laughs> uh, right? Essentially, I mean, look, uh, uh, if you, if you really want, you know, like a a, a, a very true to life sort of experience tomorrow, when what what could be possibly more true to life than having out of two hundred people, the most the most the fastest and most heroic among you complete the storyline, and the situation in Morrowind is resolved. Yep. And no one else can resolve that situation because it's been resolved. So there it is. Uh, so it's so it's an I, I would I would approach that with that sort of mindset, and I think I would I would get more out of that gameplay as a result of that than than I would thinking you know this should be respawning so I can be the hero too. Yeah. Plus, you know, it's on a locally owned server, and you know, you know what you're getting into when you invite people in. So yeah. it's not like a free for all. It's not. Yeah, if you've got a griefer in there, it's because you invited that griefer in. Right, and, and chances <laughs> are, like, you're, that's your real-life friend, and, you know, when you go to work next time, you know, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, do, do put a little, uh, put a little salt instead of sugar in his coffee when he asks for it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um... <laughs> I went to work plays, what is it, Ark, I think? And when his buddy leaves and goes to bed, like, he tranquilizes him and, like, strips him down and, like, you know, locks him in a room and then you know goes off to bed himself and he's like comes back and he's like what the hell did you do to me <laughs> <laughs> wow savage savage <laughs> wow all right guys 
Well, um, let's uh, let's move on a little bit. We're going to head into gameplay in just a second, but we do want to remind you folks uh, about some of our sponsors, which uh, today includes actually the Quest Gaming Network. Um, possibly the most self-serving ad we've ever done right now, but <laughs> um, I do want to tell you guys that uh, Quest Gaming Network has a, uh, a Discord channel. And uh, you're all invited to the ongoing, the ongoing tavern that is Quest Gaming Network's Discord, uh, Discord channel. Sit down, fill your, fill your mug of mead with us, jump into the Elder Scrolls Radio Station channel, and chat with us in, in the general chat, or, or jump into the general chat, voice, uh, the voice chat area, and, uh, and talk with like-minded uh, QGN listeners and community members. Not everyone there is playing Elder Scrolls. In fact, a lot of us are playing other things like Diablo 3 or um, a, a multitude of other games that I, I just don't have time to list right now. Um, however, uh, all of that is happening in our Discord channel, um, which you can sign up for free, download the app onto your PC, download the app onto your mobile device, and you're always connected to QGN friends, family, and, and community members. And of course, we're talking about Elder Scrolls. But we're also talking about other things too, and um, there's there's a lot of fun to be had, especially in that uh, Elder Scrolls radio station that plays uh, Elder Scrolls music 24 hours a day, seven days a week, on the go on your phone or just right there on your PC. So sit back, relax, join the tavern, the Quest Gaming Network Discord channel. How do you do it? Just go to questgamingnetwork.com. The server, uh, join server button is right there on the right-hand side. Just click on it, and boom, you're in. You're in like Flint, and we're, we'll be glad to see you. So, uh, so it'd be good to see you there, as well as the Elder Scrolls Off the Record PC guild for the North American server in Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, we, we're still around, guys. Come on in and, and join us. Uh, if you have Elder Scrolls Online and you play on the PC on the North American server... Go ahead and join us. Uh, send a message to me, Avarwin, E-V-A-R-W-Y-N, or uh, Mistress Lebeau, L-E-B-E-A-U. And uh, we'll be happy to uh, to send you an invite, certainly if Micah's around as well. Um, but uh, KDR Mickey, K-D-R-M-I-C-K-E-Y. Send, uh, send us an in-game mail. And um, we'll, get you, we'll get you into the guild. It's, it's just that. All you got to do is just be a listener of the show and you're in the guild. It's, it's really the only requirement. Uh, we've got folks who like PvP, folks who like dungeons, folks who like to just play Elder Scrolls Online like it were a single-player Elder Scrolls game with a lot of other people around them. And uh, we're not an elite guild at all whatsoever. We're just a group of people who listen to the show and uh, want to be uh, want to group up together and, and just hang out and chat. That's it. So, uh, so that means you, and you're welcome on the Elder Scrolls Off the Record PC North American Guild. Yes, there is one for PlayStation 4. Uh, you can message me uh, on PlayStation 4 at Rojas1096. That's R-O-J-A-S-1096. And uh, I'll get you into that guild as well. All right, Mike. Um, how about a little gameplay loving before we start jumping into the uh, the history? Yeah, so uh, I think the fans would like uh, you to move around, though, because, uh, well, you know, barring... Uh... The lake there is always a nice thing, you know. Oh, right, right, Seeing right. some stuff would be good, too. Right, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm all... <laughs> yeah, uh, I got to tell you what, though. I mean, if there's a lake to be displayed uh, on this, this show for this long, it would be this lake. I mean, look at this. It's gorgeous yeah. here. It'd be nice if you could fish. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so anybody who's been listening to us knows that I'm playing Archer, Sterling Archer. Right. Uh, a Breton who has a drinking problem. Archer the Archer. Uh, yes. <laughs> and uh, so pretty much any time I come across mead or wine or brandy, my character drinks it. Uh, I've had to turn off the survival mode, though, because I was freezing to death too often. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> I have been working on the Thieves Guild and Dark Brotherhood line, and I have completed the Bruma expansion uh, just so that we'd be prepared for uh, the upcoming uh, episodes here. Uh, I did not kill Cicero, but Mercer Frey is counting his last minutes of life. <laughs> Cicero? Yes. Listen I always up. like to keep Cicero, you know. He, he's annoying, but he, he's at least, you know, not a scheming lunatic that is trying to kill me, unlike Arncano. Uh, Mother says I need to go inside her casket and snuggle with her. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy son of a bitch. Uh, but my character has reached what I consider badass level finally. Oh. Uh, he's level 50. Oh. Uh, I completed the Mayrunes Dagon reforming the blade that was broken quest uh so once you have the dagger uh and you've killed the uh the the guy who is part of the mythic dawn that wants you to reassemble it uh dagon summons true dramora to kill you to test you uh the noise from the fight though summoned the dragon that's perched right around the corner on the word wall so i had the dramora and the dragon of course and i'm using um is it uh awesome follower tweaks i think and so i was able to bring sapphire with me from the thieves guild uh, so I've got her, and then I've summoned a flame at her, and I've got two Dramora and the dragon. Sapphire, huh? Yeah. She also she's does actually, a little, uh, uh, you know, pretty cool to bring with you, because uh, she's got some nice lines. Yeah, she's got that uh, pole dancing skill that she got while uh, doing stuff uh, at the Bannered, uh, the Bannered Mare. <laughs> Sapphire. So, <laughs> the wink, uh, what's the, it's not the Winking Skeever, that's in Solitude. <laughs> um... <laughs> So from Come there, on, that's, that's definitely the name of a stripper somewhere in this country. Come on, Sapphire. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> Probably most definitely the name of a stripper in Baltimore. <laughs> I think in any major city, there's at least one, probably got, two dozen. It's got to be a Sapphire. And if you're listening, sweetheart, I'm sure uh, Bethesda loves you. <laughs> so uh, once I'm done there, I've killed the Dramora, I've killed the, the dragon. Um, I'm making my way to Dawnstar, and I hear the distinctive roar of a dragon. So I'm getting ready to fight, and I'm close enough that I can scramble to an Imperial camp for extra help. The dragon lands and makes a meal out of the Imperials that are there, lifts up into the air, and the ground rumbles behind me, and I turn around, and there is Sapphire and the Flame Atro fighting a second dragon. I'm like, I thought this only happened during that one phase during the... Uh, um, the vampire hunting quest line there where, you know, you go to the lake and the two dragons pop up. Oh, no. Now Skyrim is spawning multiple dragons at me at the same friggin' time. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, God. It was definitely a uh, a reload fight in the end. Was it really? Yeah. Because uh, there was just no way. You know, every time I thought I had them, you know, they were, they were you know, strafing me with fire. There's nowhere to hide because you're on the tundra. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as an ancient dragon lands my armor, I'm still wearing light armor because I'm doing Thieves Guild and Dark Brotherhood. They, they, you know, land close enough to you, one snap of their jaw, and that's it, you're done for. Oh, yeah, especially, you know, like you said, you know, that medium, that light armor stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it does very little to protect you. Yep. But, you know, it's the way I like to play, you know, sneak archer, but when there's nowhere to hide. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, you're not, you're, you're, they kind of got you at your Achilles heel there. Wow. 
like I just stumbled up on this creep, creepy coven of people for Perry. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's gross little bastards. Yeah. All sick and like puking on you. Sneezing all over each other. <laughs> it's our religion, bro. We sneeze on each other. All right, Perry. Whatever. <laughs> so then I was messing around on Tumblr. Yes, I have a Tumblr. Yes, you know, I know what Tumblr's about. Uh, but there's some really cool blogs on there. And one wait, of them wait, I no, found... what, Hold on. What's, what's Tumblr about? I thought it was just about images. Well, yeah, but it's also one of the few um, sites that is not patrolled by the morality patrols, as I like to call them. Morality you know? patrols. So, you know, you can post pretty much anything you want and, you know. Is that like a Twitter lynch mob? <laughs> Uh, no, it's, it's Facebook and Twitter lynch mob. Yeah, pretty much. You, know, you offended me. You, you know, you're booted. Uh, but Tumblr, you know, the, the, the way, the best way to describe it is a meme that was on Tumblr. It's like opening Tumblr in public. It's a jack-in-the-box full of dildos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You never know what you're going to get when you open a Tumblr. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because there is no morality patrol in there. So, you know, you can find some really cool stuff and you can find some really, you know, dirty stuff. Mike, have you gone alt-right on us? <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> my, 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 poor, my poor classical liberal love hound Mike has gone alt-right on us. He's, yep. There's no Twitter lynch mob to keep him. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I'm on there and there's... Uh, a blog that I found that's called Taste of Tamriel because they have a lot of, you know, people will be like, oh, I'm going to, you know, post screenshots or my character shots or, you know, mod shots. You know, there's Doctor Who tumblers. There's, you know, all kinds of stuff that I follow. Yeah. You know, lifting tumblers and sports tumblers and, you know, things like that. But there's a lot of Tamriel ones that I follow. And this one's called Taste of Tamriel. Uh, the blog converts recipes found in the game into real world recipes with ingredients, measurements, and cooking time. I need this. I know. I need this. No, you don't even know. Like I, I need this because I, I, I've got a guy who's doing, uh, who's doing our wedding, um, wedding reception, <laughs> and he's making butter beer for Jenny. And I told him I want him to make surreal wine for me. And he's like, oh, if you find me the, uh, the, the, the recipe, like I'll do it for you. I'm like, yeah, you are. <laughs> Many of them are like you know simple things like you know they had like the. Uh, was it the fruit and cheese platter um, recipe that ESO is running is one of like the required ingredients. And they just list off a couple of fruits, you know, from an area that would be equivalent climate to the area in Tamriel yeah. and some cheeses that would be from cultures that are of the same temperament. Uh, but then they've got amazing. other ones that are really cool recipes. Like I'm going to plan on making uh, uh, Ramirez slaughterfish pie. So anyone who's been around Lake Vermeer uh, in central Sierra Del, that's where we started today. Uh, knows that it's a terrible place to go swimming, but it's a great place to go fishing thanks to the schools of slaughterfish that live there. I once heard a rumor that the slaughterfish were placed there by Emperor, Emperor Uriel Septim I as a deterrent against anyone who would try to swim to the Imperial City illegally. I somehow doubt it is true, but it's entertaining tale nonetheless. Back to the topic at hand. The slaughterfish pie can be found at basically every inn, tavern, food stall, and hotel in the Imperial City that surrounds it. So, the... Uh, modern recipe is 6.5 or 650 grams of a white fish fillet of your choice, deboned, skinned, and chopped into generous chunks. Chunks, half a cup of breadcrumbs, two and a half tablespoons of mixed dried herbs of your choice, one brown onion sliced thinly, 
5 cloves of garlic crushed, 2.5 tablespoons of flour, 400 ml of milk, 2 stalks of fresh dill, a medium-sized fennel bulb sliced thinly, olive oil, salt, and pepper to taste. And then uh, the recipe goes on as to how to cook the fish, put it into a pie crust, and bake it. So uh, I'm like, we, oh, I'm going to have to try that. We need we need an Elder Scrolls Off the Record imager account. Tumblr account. Well, just, yeah. Just to repost stuff like that, because that's freaking brilliant. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a huge number of these things on there on Tumblr. Um, you know, but as I said, you know, it's like opening a box, uh, Jack in the Box. Don't open it in public unless you know exactly who you're following. Yeah, yeah. Well, yep. I mean, like anything else, you know, you got to be you got to be careful with what you click on. And, yep. you know, I mean, of course, I made the, you know, the alt-right joke earlier. But, you know, the fact is, is that, you know, there's there's some toxic stuff out there no matter which way you go. And, yeah, yeah you want to be a, you definitely want to be aware of that stuff. Um, but I, I mean, that's freaking awesome, man. Like I would love to, we sh- I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make a, uh, an Elder Scrolls off the record, um, Tumblr account. And, and I, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll post it on Twitter. So you guys know, I'll post it on, um, on Facebook. So you guys see it. And, um, what we'll, what we'll do is we'll just, we'll just look for stuff like that. And if you've got, uh, accounts that you follow, share them, share them with that account and I'll follow them too. And then we'll just. We'll just repost this stuff because this is brilliant. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's really cool stuff like this. Like, they have stuff on mods. Like, sometimes they have, like, EMB stuff where, like, people will be like, oh, this is, you know, uh, Skyrim, and I've taken it with these pictures. And they just repost, like, screenshots of, like, amazing screenshots of different areas of Skyrim. Um, you know, there are people that tell stories because there's no character limit. There's no... Yeah, it's not like Twitter where it's, what, 240 characters and you have to post a second post. It's not like Facebook where, you know, it's all these family things. It's just like it's a blog posting site. And so it's it's visual. It's words. Uh, you know, people write books on there. Wow. But, you know, it never got the love that, that the other ones did. Um, you know, it's not like the love that Instagram gets now or stuff like that. But it's a fairly, you know, it came out at the, around the same time as Facebook and Twitter. It's just... Never took off. It was owned by Yahoo, but uh, the, uh, the the feelings police don't patrol it. So, you know, Good. if you easily get offended, yeah. you know, don't cry when you go there. No, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I mean, you know me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a wildly massive free speech advocate. Um, and, and that's, that's a good thing. You know, in my opinion, I think that's a, that's a very good thing. Um, you know, the more, the more opinions and, and stuff out there, the more people can say like, Hey, listen, that's, that's super offensive. Hey, listen, I never considered that. And actually that's not super offensive anymore. And just, it's just the more of that I think is, is really good. It, it makes, um, it makes ideas and intelligence just flourish among people. And, uh, I have no problem supporting, supporting Tumblr if that's what happens there. And, uh, yeah, so let it, let it be known. We're going to do a Tumblr account um, at the end. Yeah, uh, but I will be episode. offended if you give Liz the password and she starts posting swing physics, you know, in there as the entire thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> swing physics. Um, yeah, but speaking of uh, speaking of which, uh, Liz is in the chat room. So uh, so howdy ho there, Liz. And uh, give her give her a little congratulations on Twitter, guys. She just started a new, a new chapter in her life and she's very happy and excited. And uh, so give her a little love on on Twitter. Also, uh, Musclehead is saying um, we need to do recipes, these recipes, at QGNCon next year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, um, okay. 
So that's cool. Um, can we can we get a shout out to this guard who is pounding Mead down his his gut while on duty at this at this at this tavern in Oblivion? You yeah, see this I'd guy? like to you know have that kind of job, I guess. What in the hell? <laughs> You're on duty, bro. <laughs> But you know, like he's not like the Skyrim guards, who those milk drinkers. You know, he's sitting there pounding that. You pick up the the loaf of bread that's listed stolen, even if it's on the second floor, he'll he'll bust your ass. He's, I mean, slamming that thing down. What what is it? It's got this. There's a bottle of cheap wine here. There's there's all cheese around him. There's Cyril Brothers wine there. He's drinking wine. That's what he's doing. And look, the dark elf was staring at him like, "Are you really?" Are you gonna pay your bill? <laughs> yeah. Are you? Re- do you really expect me to not say something to the ca- the guards captain? Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else, Mike? No, that's it for my gameplay. Now, what did you do? Hey, you know what? Um, I jumped into some of that Wolf Hunter action on Elder Scrolls Online, and uh, played uh, played Moon Hunter Keep on uh, on normal. Now, is that a four-player uh, dungeon for those that uh, aren't uh, ESO uh, yeah. players? Yeah, no, uh, it is. It's a it's a four-player dungeon. It's one of the, so there's so there's two new dungeons that uh, that came out with uh, the Wolf Hunter DLC slash update nineteen, and um, Moon Hunter Keep is one of them. Uh, the other one is I always forget it. Um, Hold on, is it up here in the notes? No, I don't think it is, but it's it's you can find it very easily. Um, well, doesn't matter. Um, I didn't get into that. I didn't get into that other dungeon yet. I I will. The March of Sacrifices. March of Sacrifices. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, Wolf Hunter Keep is it's it's definitely cool. It's very like it's very gothic and um, and fun. Um, I didn't have the best experience in it. Because I, w- I ran with a pug. Um, I got home very late night from work. And there was there was really no one logged in with the uh, Elder Scrolls Off the Record Guild. So I didn't really have anyone to run with. Uh, so I pugged it. And, you know, we got we cleared it. We got through it. And I got, you know, all the digital trophies and achievements and all that stuff. Um, associated with your first, your first normal run. Got the digital hat. There's a brand new hat that comes with doing the dungeon. So I got that. But there's something to be said about about running dungeons with your friends. And uh, if you're not running dungeons with your friends, honestly, what are you doing? Um, and that's kind of how I how I thought. You know, I'm 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 just these guys are doing a crazy amount of DPS. I'm not learning the fights. I'm not getting the quests done. I'm not learning anything about this the the lore that's in this dungeon. And um, I did not have a good time as a result of that. Now the dungeon itself is a lot of fun. Okay, uh, from from what I could see, I was very excited about, you know, being in... The entire thing takes place in a castle. Lots of werewolves around. Okay, a lot of... Uh, a mix of uh, a mix of fights left and right as, as a result of that. It's, it's just a good time. Um, but I, I really wish I, I had gone with some friends. And... Because um, I, I would have been able to run it at, at sort of lore pace. You know what I mean? Oh, that, that oh, guard yeah. that guard apparently is done drinking for the day. Now he's going to go upstairs and collapse. <laughs> <laughs> so now he'll get fired because he's sleeping on duty. Yeah. Uh, and drunk. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I would like to have done it at, at a pace where I could have... I could have enjoyed the quest, I could have enjoyed the lore, and I did not. So, I want to run it again. I want to run it again with some guildies and, um, and kind of get through it that way. I highly recommend running um, Moon Hunter Keep. Okay, uh, especially on normal because it's it's a good time. And um, if you're a part of the Elder Scrolls Off the Record Guild, and you don't normally run dungeons, I'm looking to actually tank for you because I don't know the fights, and it's going to be a learning experience for all of us. And if you're on late at night, let's do it. Let's do it. You know why not? So I'm so. hoping to be on a lot next week because I have vacation next week. Okay. So so maybe we can get. Uh, uh, to uh, help us out. Yeah, maybe. Although, if you're tanking, Throngar's not coming, because uh, you know, it's going to have to be Madriel or uh, Zach Naff in there. Cause, uh, uh, I've, got a, I've got a silly little staff and dress sort of uh, <laughs> DPS Templar uh, build. <laughs> you know? Uh, I mean, I do a tremendous amount of DPS, but uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see how, We'll see what happens. Uh, anyway, all right. Let's. Um, other than that, just been just been leveling up Thor here and there, doing some quests. What I really need to do is just complete the um, the quests for uh, um, Somerset. I have actually not uh, finished that, and um, that's one thing I definitely need to do. Look at Liz. Yeah, I haven't either. I've gotten a couple of uh, quests. To, I've done most of the offset quests, but not the uh, main quest. Yeah. So Liz is saying she'll do it. I, I don't Whoa. know, Liz. I, I see it come on, and then I see it come off. You know, I mean, you want to run the dungeon, we'll run the dungeon. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I would love for you to come with me. Well, we need a healer, you know. We do. We, we do need a healer, and Liz heals. So that'd be great. That'd be really great. But all right. All right, so... So, uh, working right. on Thor. Yeah, yeah. I was just doing a little leveling on Thor. Um, here and there, like he's just sort of like my palate cleanser, sort of, sort of character. You know, like <clears throat> now that now that Avarwin is just is high enough level where there's not a whole lot going on with him right now. Um, gear acquisition for him is is really kind of halted because there's not a whole lot of of folks to sort of either run uh like, like dungeons or whatever i don't know, I don't know. it's just it, I, I log on at such a late time there's just not a whole lot of folks around so um and i don't want to pug anything really uh, especially the vet dungeons yeah. where you know yeah yeah so i do I, I play thor a little bit here and there just kind of tinker and that's uh that's kind of it but he's he's a lot of fun i always enjoy playing thor you know heavy you know nord Heavy armor, two-handed weapon wielding, and I, I just geared him out with um, some some crafted gear that uh, that I made for him. So he's he's doing pretty good. He's like mid-level thirties, so he's getting there. Okay, he's getting there. Anyway, I don't want to ramble. Uh, what I want to do is I want to break into this week in Tamriella holidays, and then uh, I want to do an ad, and then I want to hear all about the history of Bruma. All right. So this week in Tamriella holidays. Last Seed the 14th is the Feast of the Tiger in Bantha Rainforest. Uh, it is like other holidays in praise of a bountiful harvest. It is not, however, a solemn occasion for introspection and thanksgiving, but a great celebration and feast from village to village. 
And then last seed, the 21st, Appreciation Day. Appreciation Day in Anticlare is an ancient holiday of Thanksgiving for a bountiful harvest for the people of Anticlare. It is considered a holy and contemplative day devoted to Mara, the goddess protector of Anticlare. So two uh, Thanksgiving harvests, two completely different types of celebrating. Okay. See that? Don't take much. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's uh, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about about what's in your ears right now, if anything at all. If there's first of all, if you're listening to us and there's nothing in your ears, you're missing out on a lot of. You're missing out on a lot, because uh, when you've got when you've got uh, earbuds in your ears, you hear all the game stuff going on that that uh, that normal sort of headphones just don't quite uh, or normal sort of uh, speakers just don't quite capture for you. So the best the best way to listen to Elder Scrolls Off the Record, or even classic, is um, is with headphones. And if you're looking for a great pair of headphones, well then I can't recommend Tweaked Audio, tweakedaudio.com enough. Quality and uh, they've got amazing quality in their uh, in their headphones. And um, a lot of uh, how should I put it? Um, Look, you can get quality headphones pretty much anywhere, all right? You're going to go to tweakedaudio.com because this is where quality and price meets, okay? For $30, which I know you can get a shitty pair of Skull Candies for like 10 bucks, 11 bucks, whatever. It's your local Best Buy. Maybe you'll get them for $15. I don't know. Um, if you spend 30 at Tweaked Audio, all right, you're going to get... You're going to get earbuds that you would... The, the quality on these earbuds is going to be around about an $80 price point. For something that you would you would get out of, like... Um, a, a, mo, a more name brand sort of, uh, sort of product, okay? Tweaked Audio headphones are going to deliver an $80 experience... For literally $50 less. And that's at tweakedaudio.com. Now, if you go there right now, okay, we're going to save you 33% off your entire order by typing in the code off the record, all one word, at checkout, at tweakedaudio.com. And they're going to send them to you for free. You don't have to pay shipping and handling, none of that. It's just the earbuds, you pay for that. We're going to get you 33% off with our code off the record, all one word, and they ship them to you for free. There it is. Done. Tweakedaudio.com, guys. So, uh, so Mike. I'm, so, yes. I'm, uh, I'm, Roy, I'm, uh, I'm heading over to Bruma. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm heading over to Bruma. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about Bruma and the history of. Okay. So, Bruma, the in-game description is located north of the Imperial City. It's primarily considered a Nordic city, which is reflected in the architecture. It is always relatively cold and snow-covered, as it is located in the southern reaches of the Gerald Mountains. The city population includes followers of the Divines, as well as those who follow the traditional Nordic pantheon. The Silver Road connects Bruma to the Imperial City, while the Orange Road connects it to Coral. Cloud Ruler Temple is located nearby. Uh, the city houses of the Great Chapel uh, the city houses the great chapel of the youngest of the nine divines, Talos. So 
So this becomes a real problem after the uh, White Gold Concord. Uh, it dominates the center of town. The Countess of Bruma is Narina Carvain, a Heartland Nibian woman of noble descent. The settlement has most likely been in existence since at least the first era, 1167. And in the second era, 582, Bruma became a neutral ground during the ongoing alliance war, although it was initially within the territories controlled by the Daggerfall Covenant. The city was attacked by Dremora and Shadowpath cultists in the name of Molag Bal. A dark anchor was then opened above the ruins of the city in an attempt to draw it into Cold Harbor as part of the plane meld, as well as to provide Daedric reinforcements. Several citizens barricaded themselves within key buildings, and the survivors sent pleas to both the Daggerfall Covenant and the Ebonhard Pact for aid. Passing soldiers helped the citizenry, citizenry recover and fight back against the invader, and the dark anchor was eventually lifted. In the third era, 433, Bruma came under attack from the forces of Mayrun's Dagon. The Mythic Dawn planned to sack the city as they did with Kavash by opening a great gate into the Deadlands and allowing a Daedric siege force to enter Nurn. These plans were discovered by the Blades, but were allowed to continue at the request of Martin Septim in order to obtain the Great Sigil Stone. Soldiers from other cities of Cyrodiil flocked to Bruma to aid in the defense. Rallied by Martin himself, the soldiers held back the tide of danger long enough for the champion of Cyrodiil to enter the Deadlands and retrieve the Sigil Stone, ending the invasion. The Battle of Bruma became one of the most important conflicts during the Oblivion Crisis. That year, the Bruma Mages Guild branch was burned to the ground in a surprise attack by the Order of the Black Worm. So that's key important uh, points of history here. Now, our favorite uh, tour guide, Alicia Otis, has written a guide to Bruma, of course, like every place else. So uh, get ready to, you know, be insulted on all accounts because, you know, she doesn't <laughs> like anybody, including herself, I think. Right. So, Father Telos, protect us all. My name is Alyssa Otis, uh, and hold, I'd hold like to second. tell you... Did, didn't she? Didn't she do something for... Uh... Was it uh, the Temple District that we covered at one point? Oh, yeah. She's done things for every single, like, city. And, you know, like, the, the Sluts of Breville literally came up because of her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was super obnoxious to that uh, that Temple District thing. Yeah. So, she anyway. lives in the Temple District uh, and, uh, you know, goes around pretty much trashing every city. Right. So, uh, Bruma is understood to be a Nibbanese county. But in truth, it is more Nord than Nibbanese, on account of its close proximity to the Skyrim border, and account on the terrible cold and discomfort at its location high in the Gerald Mountains. Bruma is always cold and covered with snow. The braziers kept burning in every quarter to prevent the citizens from freezing to death. Everything is built on wood, since trees are so plentiful in the forest of the Geralds, and even rich men live here in dark, dirty, wooden huts. It is a little wonder that the Nords are such drunken heathen savages, for life is impossible in such climates, and one might be tempted to drink insensibly or sell one's soul just to find sanctuary from the bitter cold and relentless wind. Castle Bruma is cold and drafty, carelessly decorated, and dark with soot from the perpetual burning of braziers. The smell of smoke and cinder is overpowering. The high ceilings are grand, but impossible to heat, and one is never able to get warm. The ancient layers of soot and filth encrusting the stonework make it difficult to appreciate the exceptional stone carving, except 
its stonework and grand scale. The castle is like a log hut of the people. Cold, dark, drafty, and dirty. Wow. <laughs> wow. Told ya. Sorry, now I got Countess, Car- Countess Carvain is a Nibian heartlander, a dutiful chapel goer, and a respected ruler, though she is cunning and a ruthless negotiator, and has a reputation for sharp dealing and treachery. Administration of the county is efficient and well-ordered, and a well-trained and aggressive town watch under command of a harsh-nosed Nord captain ensues that thieves and beggars are not very troublesome. Though Nords are famous for drunkenness and rioting. Well, yeah, of course. (laughs) Access to the castle is through a gate west from the town into the courtyard. The shops, inns, guilds are located in the north, either on the western terrace near the castle gate or below the terrace north of the chapel. The chapel is the central feature of southern Bruma, with houses ranged along the inside of the walls along the east and south. The streets are cramped and barren, since few trees and plants can survive the cold, but the town is compact and quickly explored. Bruma's Nebanese citizens faithfully observe chapel sundas rituals, but the lower classes are unregenerated followers of the heathen northern gods, and they keep to their own secret superstitions and uncivilized practices. You will not be surprised to find that you can purchase good quality weapons and armor here, for purchase Nordsmiths are famous for the quality of their wares, but you should not expect to be able to purchase books here, for Nords are ignorant and not fond of reading. Oh, wow. The Fighters and Mages Guild are poor and short-staffed, for no one wants to be posted to such a gray and cold land, but at least the Mages Guild is kept good and warm, though I shrink from imagination what infernal engines are employed to produce and preserve that heat. May the Nines bless and save you. (laughs) So, once again, she comes through with all of her nastiness intact. Yeah. I I uh, I see it. I see it for sure. And, and look, you know, you, you travel around Bruma, okay? And and the fact is, is that, you know, um, this is not a cosmopolitan town, to say <laughs> the least. <laughs> but um, it is a pretty town. It's a small town, and and the architecture around here, though though basic is nice you know this this snotty snooty unappreciative of nordic culture cosmopolitan wanker um (laughs) she doesn't she doesn't see the finer details look and i'm showing them to you right now on on uh on the stream you know the the um they, they do take time you know these aren't uncultured swine as as she likes to to make them all right fine so they're not rich people but they're not uncultured uh they they carry a lot of their nordic culture down from skyrim into into um into cyrodiil into bruma uh and and you see that here in in the knot work in their their pillars and on uh on their doors here um as well carved into into the doors they have they have a cultural story to tell through their architecture and they tell it well 
do they do they take time and, and adorn it everywhere ostentatiously? No, absolutely not. No one got time for that. But they put it here in what's prominent at eye level. So you see, hey, by the way, this is who we are. This is what we believe and this is what this is our culture. And you feel it when you walk. You feel it when you walk through the streets. Yeah, okay. There it's It's definitely different than the rest of the cities, you know. It, some of the cities start to blend together. And you'd figure with the amount of wood here that it would look more like Bruma does. But with all that carving and the unique way the logs are set up, it definitely gives a different feel than Bruma. Absolutely. It, it definitely does. There's a mages guild here. There is a fighters guild. There is a... Um, um, we call it a... Um, there's some general smith. stores. Blacksmith. There's general you know, the, right. the, the chapel, the castle. Right. And, and you know what? The castle... The castle's nice. Yeah. You know, yes, it is It is adorned with braziers. But when you go into Skyrim, a brazier is is sort of a decorative piece almost. It gives, it's functional, but it's a functional decorative piece. And yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's metalwork that, you know, is used to make it. And they can be, you know, quite beautiful. Right. And they've got a, uh, they've got a statue here of, of someone in a robe with a sword. I'm not sure who this is, but... but I'm they're... thinking that's supposed to be... Uh, um... Talos there, uh, what's, uh, Septum. Because um, I don't know if that statue is there in the expansion, in the, the mod. No, I don't think it is. And it's right outside the, the chapel of uh, Talos. I'm not sure who it is. Um, we could take our guesses. Could be Talos. May not be. Probably is. It's definitely not, uh, it's definitely not St. Alessia. But you know what? I mean, it's look. look. <laughs> it's a nice town, and uh, and it's certainly not cosmopolitan. But you know what? This is the kind of town you're going to want to go to, and you're going to have a good time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the one thing that I really hope with the upcoming game, and this is something that we've said, you know, it, and you can really see it and feel it here. I think more than most other places, it'd be nice if seasons took place. Because you figure, okay, yeah, you're high up in the Jarrow Mountains, but you're not, like, super high up. And you'd figure that um, the snows have to recede at some point in time. Because there are, you know, things that do grow there. And they can't grow in, you know, a barren, frozen wasteland. So there has to be a time where there is some type of thawing that goes on in order for these trees and these plants to grow. So it'd be nice to actually have that kind of thing because, you know, it's what we see as a stagnant stagnant snapshot of weather patterns in all of the games right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 definitely true. I mean, you see you see uh weather patterns uh changing in Elder Scrolls Online, but um but it's never it, it's you know oh is there a storm today is there flurries today it's right. never like oh you know you're you know in mid year mid or mid year and it's hot summer weather oh you're in you know sun's tide you know it's you know cold the coldest time of the year you know it's like oh you know it's you know you get the, the you don't get true weather patterns based on like the time of year right and, and you know they got a clock in the game so it should be able to you know yeah it should should and, and look you know uh bruma the though is in the mountains okay uh it's not going to be snowy here all year round yeah 
all right? When summer comes, the snow melts. And even even on a mountain, the snow melts. And uh, yeah. and you should see some, some spring, you know, uh, foliage coming around here. So, so, yeah, I see what you mean. All right, so some more lore here. So there's two notable locations within uh, the County Bruma. Uh, one is the Cloud Ruler Temple, and that is the major home of the Blades. And during the time of ESO, it's inaccessible, uh, as it's lifted up in the air as part of the plane melt. Um, but you can actually go uh, and find it here uh, in uh, Oblivion, and we'll be able to see it again uh, in a couple weeks at the uh, um, with the Skyrim expansion there. And then the last is the Pale Pass. Um, and so the big thing to remember uh, is that there's only five land routes in or out of Skyrim. Uh, the Rift uh, has Morrowind. Uh, East March also has Morrowind. Yalmarch into High Rock. Falkreath into Hammerfall, Craglorn area. And the Pale Pass, which is south of, Her- of Helgen, uh, leads into Cyrodiil uh, to the north of Bruma. Uh, so the Pale Pass is a snowy area north of Bruma. It's southeast of Falkreath and Skyrim. And to get there, one must go through the dangerous Serpent Trail. Uh, the pass was originally the site for an Imperial fort that was taken over by the Akaviri during the Akaviri invasion of the first era, 2703. However, the war ended and supplies never reached them. To reach the garrison itself, the travelers had to travel up the Grey Ridge. And uh, so if you eventually you know, take on a um, quest line, you can actually make your way up and through into that general area. Uh, but uh, they talk more about the Pale Pass in uh, a book called uh, The Book of the Dragonborn by Prior Emil Madrine, The Order of Talos, Wayne and Priory, year 360 of the Third Era, 21st of the reign of His Majesty Pelagius IV. The line of septums have all been dragonborns, of course. Which is one reason the simplistic notion of it being hereditary has become so commonplace. But we know for certain that the early Cyrodelic rulers were not all related. There is also no evidence that Remen Cyrodel was descended from Alessia, although there have been many legends that would make it so, most of them dating from the time of Remen and likely attempts to legitimize his rule. We know that the blades usually thought of as the Emperor's bodyguards, originated as Akaviri Crusaders who invaded Tamriel for obscure reasons in the late First Era. They appeared to be searching for a dragonborn. The events at Pale Pass bear this out, and the Akaviri were the first to proclaim Remen Cyrodiil as dragonborn. In fact, it was the Akaviri who did most to promote his standing as Emperor. Although Remen himself never took that title in his lifetime. And of course... There is no known hereditary connection between Tiber Septim and any of the previous dragonborn rulers of Tamriel. So, you know, that's the first time we actually hear about the Pale Pass. Uh, they send you on a quest line to uh, find some Akaviri relics, and if you complete it, the Black Horse Courier then comes out and says, Pale Pass Discovery! So, special edition, Fort Pale Pass has been discovered. The first era secrets revealed. Fort Pale, Fort Pale Pass the fabled headquarters of Tamriel's first Akaviri invaders, has been located by an agent of the Countess of Bruma. This fortress was thought to be long lost to the ages, buried in the frozen wastes of the Gerald Mountains. Thanks to an expedition funded by her ladyship, Countess of Bruma, the secret entrance of this great ruin was found. 
Previously, scholars have offered no persuasive account for why the Akaviri juggernaut, having swept aside Tamriel's defenders, should collapse suddenly and completely crossing the Jarrow Mountains. Now evidence uncovered at the site indicates a great landslide had covered the fort, trapping the hapless Akaviri commander within, leaving the Akaviri columns leaderless and isolated in the Alpine wilderness passes. So, a little bit of possible change as to, you know, not the fact that they just gave up and, you know, followed Rem and Cyrodiil, but they were trapped there due to weather conditions. So, then uh, we get uh, this missive uh, from Ulfric Milk Drinker Stormcloaks. Uh, (laughs) Though we drove the Emperor's dogs from Nurgard, they slipped, they still nip at our heels. The chaos in Helgen is bad enough. For now, I have word of a new Imperial force assembling in the south, ready to advance on our position as Pale Pass is cleared. Send reinforcements, or all of our gains are for naught. So, uh, you know, they know that the Pale Pass is there. They know that it is impassable at certain times of the year. Uh, and that's part of what they, you know, banked on with why you can't get through that area. Um, and I'll tell you, have I have one, it's one of the other reasons I had to turn off the... Um, the survival mode is uh, getting that high up in the mount in the year the Jarrow Mountains was actually killing my character. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I had enough of this. Got to turn that off so I can actually play the Bruma expansion. Well, you gotta you gotta be able to uh, bring with you, you know, food that's gonna add warmth and, and whatnot. Yeah, but it got to a point where you just couldn't keep up. Yeah, you know, it's like trying to you know be up on the throat of the world. I mean, it's one it's the second highest point in the game yeah so yeah i, I yeah i hear you <laughs> yeah, yeah i needed i needed lydia the pack mule just to carry the firewood and the, the hot food <laughs> lydia the pack mule <laughs> so so that's the end of books that i could find on brumo um unlike some of the other areas which you know really had a lot of lore behind them a lot of history behind them uh, Bruma, due to the, pretty much the fact that it borders on Skyrim, um, really, you know, it, it's beyond the Heartland area. There's not a lot of activity that goes on other than the fact that it's just south of the Pale Pass. And, um, you know, the activity of the first uh, Emperor of Cyrodiil, Remen Cyrodiil, and the Akaviri invaders, not much actually happens, it seems. Uh, Cloud Ruler Temple is up there, but there's not a ton uh, on it. In term, beyond what we've talked about already with the blades, um, you know there is a little town called Apple Watch that is really important to the Dark Brotherhood quest line, but there's no real lore on Apple Watch or why it's there or what it does. Uh, and uh, you know, there's not you know it, it's the Gerald Mountains. It's uh, you know the precursor to Skyrim that we all know and love. Yeah, um, if there's any place in in, uh, in Oblivion that feels like Skyrim, it's definitely Bruma, and uh, you know it's right here. It's a you can see it on the stream right now. Um, you know, uh, take a look. It, it, it's it's you, you could definitely see that they they used um, they used Bruma to kind of give themselves a little bit of a, a test for for the the taste of Skyrim. What what's what's Skyrim gonna feel like? What's it gonna taste like? You know, what do you, what, when you walk around a, a place in Skyrim, what is that going to be like? And and they they of course kept it with the theme of of oblivion, 
but you definitely get that Skyrim feel when you walk around here. You know, all the the, the streets, some of the streets have um, have some snow uh, on it still. You know, lots of lots of Nordic knot uh, work on the on the wood. Uh, braziers uh, abound all about, and um, not cosmopolitan at all. You know, unlike unlike the Imperial City, which is which is important. In, yeah. in Skyrim, it's part of it's part of their culture. It's part of who they are. It's you know they're not a they're not a rich people uh, monetarily. They're rich in culture. They're rich in values. But when it comes to to money, you know they they make do with what comes from the land. And you feel that in in Sky in um in Skyrim, and you feel it in Bruma for sure. And I really feel like um, having played through a huge amount of Oblivion, like Bruma's always like I don't know, like. There's some important events that happen there, but like they're events. They're not like quest lines and storylines. It's like, you know, you go there and you have the uh, the Mage's Guild quest line, and the Mage's Guild ends up burned to the ground, and it's no longer available after that point in the the game. Um, you know, the the major um, battle at Bruma with Mayrune's Dagon just before the end of the main storyline. Um, but like when you look at like some of the other areas, like. Uh, Bruma or um, Breville, where you have to keep going back for repetitive quest lines, or Chaden Hall with repetitive quest lines, or Coral with or Anvil with the Fighters Guild with their repetitive quest lines. Bruma's kind of like, you know, they send you there to do something, but once you've done it, you don't really have to go back. So I, it's one of the other things that I found very frustrating when looking for lore. Yeah, I can imagine. It's not. It's uh, you know, it's not a. It's not a hub. There's not a lot of information about it. Yeah. All right. All right, Mike. Uh, anything else in regards to the history and, and lore surrounding Bruma? That is it for the history and lore. Uh, we will get into some more tidbits and stuff uh, in our next episode. Uh, and we're going to have some uh, updated uh, stuff that the uh, content creators brought in. Um, which I thought is some of it is you know really cool. Some of it I'm going to struggle getting through, just because I when I first started uh, transcribing it, it was like I couldn't stop laughing. So, <laughs> well, well, part two of uh, of Bruma is is uh, is coming soon, guys. So uh, so check us out on uh, on Twitter at Elder Scrolls OTR, certainly QuestGamingNetwork.com. We'll uh, we'll be letting you know when when that's uh, when that's coming about. Um, if not next week, and likely not, uh, sometime sometime in the next uh, two two three weeks for sure. Yep. All right. Um, time for our fast question and discussion of the week. Now now this fast question it's not the question is not fast though the answer will be. <laughs> <laughs> might take us two hours to read the question. Right right the right. Section here. <laughs> uh, so here here's the question. Given Bethesda's recent products, Skyrim, Fallout 4, and spin-offs like Elder Scrolls Legends, Blades, Fallout Shelter, and even Elder Scrolls Online, which, you know, it's, though created and produced completely in-house by ZeniMax Online Studios, we're going to lump it in. Do we believe there is a legitimate concern that Elder Scrolls 6 will feel somewhat stripped in quality, especially in regards to implied and discoverable history in the game. Mike. Yes. I agree. Yes. 
So, one of the things that I think, you know, if we look at the game franchise, you know, starting with Daggerfall, because, you know, as we like to say, you know, it didn't really happen. It, nothing was in uh, Arena. Uh, but, like, from that point on, it keep, they keep getting simpler and easier and more about action, less about role-playing. And the mechanics and systems keep getting easier. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, my fear is that it's going to be like an open world roller coaster. Like, you know, theme park. In, in, yeah, it's going to be like, okay, instead of saying here, you know, go up to like using Skyrim as an example. You know, go up to Solitude because this is where the quest is sending you. And then you find, you know, dozens of quests on the way and dozens of quests when you're there. And then, you know, eight hours later, you finally do the quest that you were sent there for. You know, my fear is that it's going to be like, okay, you know, you've made it up to Solitude and you do the one quest and now the quest hub is done. Kind of like what you see with uh, ESO. Uh, it, it makes me nervous that we're going to get a reduction in that open world feeling of like oh you know i'm being sent to solitude but i could have gone there whether or not i was being sent there and you know you might be sent to solitude but you decide to wander off and end up in dawnstar and there's all these things to do in dawnstar and you know three days later you're still going oh crap i never finished the solitude quest yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh you know look Todd, Todd Howard is at the helm, and I know that when it comes to Elder Scrolls, he's going to focus like a laser beam on on the quality and the sellability of the game. That's why um, that's that's why that's why Skyrim is is sort of the way it is with uh, its emphasis on on action versus um, old school role playing, and and I, I appreciate the the uh, the leaps. That uh, that's happened in in the uh, Elder Scrolls franchise since certainly Morrowind, um, but I would like to see a return to classic roleplay elements that we still feel and see in in Oblivion. Now I said especially in regards to implied and discoverable history in games. So what does that mean? What does implied and discoverable history mean? And this this rolls into our our discussion topic, which is what's the uh, the the importance of implied history as a narrative device in video games and its importance in Elder Scrolls Six. So, um, how important is that? Implied so, like history? implied history to give our listeners uh, an idea. Uh, if you are a Tolkien fan that you know about Gandalf and you know about uh, Saruman and you know about Radagast and he talks about the other two blue wizards and that's all he says that there were two others as part of his order and they they drop it at that and if you you know continue on you know they the 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 ents talk about the ent wives and they're looking for the ent wives you know they don't give like a description you know there's very little like there's this whole other storyline that you know is out there yeah, but it you know you don't they don't explore it in the books. Right. The same kind of concept here is that there's this implied history of what happened during the White Gold Concordant and the Great War. Uh, there is implied history of you know what happened to the blades, uh, and you know they do flesh out some of it, 
but they don't flesh out all of it. There's implied history of like you've gone in uh, to Miko's cabin and you find the dead guy. And there's a journal that says that he hopes that somebody takes care of his dog. And it's like, oh, something happened here in recent history. And this guy's dead. And there's a dog out here somewhere that, you know, he's hoping, you know, it's that kind of thing where the world is functioning without you being like knowing everything. Right. And, um, you know, a lot of places where they, a good will, a good worlds will have all of that thing where there's stories to tell that aren't being told but a little tidbit is dropped that's a very good I, I'm, I like the way you put it there's stories to tell without being told now here's a great example on screen for, for our t- Twitch viewers right now this, this statue of a man with a sword in his hand and wearing a robe looking very uh, leader, leader like and heroic uh, here in Bruma. Uh, there's no plaque at all at its base that says who this person is. And you know that it drives me nuts when I see that. <laughs> right. But look at there's the statue. There's a story behind it. There's a story behind it. Right. Look at the statue. It's old. It's got moss on it. It's uh, it's made of marble. So that's, that's not a very readily found um, uh, piece of... Um, building material in Bruma. Right, exactly. You could tell that because everything else around here is made of basic stone. So so obviously this person is venerated because they're made, they they took the extra time to make this statue out of marble. It's been here for a long time, ergo the moss that's growing on it. And I'm sure at one point there was a a plaque here, but it's it's lost to the ages. So this statue has been here for a long time. We don't know who this is. I'm sure if we asked around the town, we'd find out, probably inside the chapel here. But the fact is, is that there's implied history here. This statue's presence implies that this historic figure made an impact, either somewhere in Bruma or somewhere in the Nordic culture. And everyone in this town just knows it except for me, the player. That fleshes out a world because look, you're from, you, the listener, are from a place. If you go to another place, there's tons of history at that place that you're visiting, that you're touristing. Whether it's Boston, New York, Los Angeles, Miami, Houston, Texas, or somewhere in Europe, okay? The fact is, is that there's tons of history all around you that most of the local people know about and you just simply don't because you're not from the area. And that's how we're made to feel when we walk inside of a town in Elder Scrolls. Lots of other games do this. Elder Scrolls does it particularly well now why are we going on and ranting about about this sort of thing because the question is 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 this important and do we feel confident that that bethesda is going to further this keep this up in in elder scrolls in elder scrolls 6 do we believe there's a legitimate concern that Elder Scrolls 6 will feel somewhat stripped in quality, especially in regards to implied and discoverable history in the game? And and I think that when you start looking at Fallout 4, Skyrim, they're branching into mobile technology, okay, with Elder Scrolls Blades and certainly um, Fallout Shelter. I think there's something intangible. That, that can be um, pointed to, that says that 
I'm a little nervous that maybe Elder Scrolls Six is going to uh, sort of forget that that um, this this sort of thing, this implied history, this um, this this feeling of um, I don't necessarily belong in this place, and there's a lot of deep history here that I need to find out and and learn about uh, exists in this game. I, I'm a, I'm a little afraid that maybe they're going to sort of not forget about it, but the, the quality, the presence of it is going to somehow degrade in, in uh, from what we've seen. And we have seen it from Oblivion to Skyrim. Um, it does feel like maybe there's a little bit of a, a degradation in the quality of that implied history. Yeah, the thing to remember is like, you know, you have cultures that are millennia old built upon each other. And, you know, like the, the Dwemer or the aliens are gone, but the People have taken time to craft really elaborate dungeons for us to play through uh, with stories of why this dungeon should be considered different from its neighbor. Um, the towns are different looking. Uh, but when you get to like Falkreath and uh, Dawnstar and Morthal, you know, all three of them are very similar, you know, just plop a, a longhouse here and a, a Jarl's house there type of thing, you know. So you, they've got to be careful that they don't start cutting those little details out in yeah. order to build the world faster or you know say oh nobody will notice you know and, and just move on it's like no you know it's one of the reasons why daggerfall with its um uh what's the the pre-generation there where you know as you walk it generates it ahead of, just ahead of you you know kind of feels flat generation sometimes. yeah you know, that it's not a hand-placed thing, that it's not, you know, uh, it's, you know, computer-generated. It's It doesn't give that feeling of, like, oh, what? why is why are these standing stones here? What is the important significance of them, you know? Uh, you know, one of the things that we have loved uh, the most, I think, about, like, ESO into Cyrodiil or Skyrim is when we can go back and say, oh... You know, here is where, uh, you know, Fort Oswell was. And here's where it is, you know, yeah. two millennia later, it's oh, gone. Yeah. It's just a ruin. Or yes. it's just, you know, the the foundations that were used to make a farmhouse. Right. You know. So excited when I found uh, uh, Fort Alessia in Elder yeah. Scrolls Online. I was so excited about that. But but even that, like, uh, there there's there's the implication of history there at that place. But it's it's... It's definitely lost on on uh, the on the the player a little bit, um, simply because of the the execution of of it. This this discussion is not a referendum on on Bethesda uh, at all whatsoever, nor nor Elder Scrolls Six, nor the way they've been they've been pr producing producing Elder Scrolls games. It's, it's not that at all whatsoever. It's a reminder, and and uh, a plea to them, if you're listening. Um, please, please remember how important something like this is is to us because we know we know you're not necessarily deep in building Elder Scrolls Six just yet, but we know you're on your way. And while you're on your way, if you could please remember that that we as as gamers are aware of concepts like implied history, and we do feel that it's important in in our game, um, though though as intangible as it is. Um, it, it goes a long way to establishing uh, a tremendous amount of uh, quality and love uh, by us for for your for your game. So um, that's that's really it. That's all. 
Good fast question. Good yeah. discussion. Absolutely. I don't get killed by this goblin mage. <laughs> yeah, try and try and not to. This uh, goblin mage is keeps healing himself. Yeah. She's uh she's a bit of a tough nut to crack, but I got her. There we go. There we go. No worries. All right. Uh, we do have uh, a couple of other things that we want to address um, before we close out the show, and that is uh, some listener feedback. Now, um, if I can open up the link here in the notes, yeah, follow the link. Uh, we did uh, throw out a little poll out there on the Twitter sphere. Uh, which of these three classic Elder Scrolls games has your favorite towns in it and why? Um, so I asked Skyrim, Oblivion, or Morrowind. This was close. Skyrim won. <laughs> Skyrim won. Skyrim, apparently, uh, by 89 votes for, uh, it, it, we, we received 89 votes on this. Okay. Uh, we did ask which of your three classic Elder Scrolls games has your favorite towns in it. Okay. Skyrim won at 45% of the vote. Oblivion was not far behind by 40%, and then Morrowind uh, got 15%. Okay. Um, yeah, so apparently 45% of the uh, the voters out of 89 believe that Skyrim is their, their favorite game as far as uh, the towns are in it. Some of these comments are pretty good. Mm -hmm. So uh, from Mr. Slabeau, Leowin, because people know how to paint their effing houses. <laughs> <laughs> Liz. Uh, Smiter of Slags, Skyrim, Riften, because everyone's a thiefing a hole. <laughs> Surigard, Oblivion, the mix of architecture in each city inspired by a different province of Tamriel. I like that one. Mm -hmm. uh, Boo Beckett, Morrowind, because I have never seen an open world like it before. It blew my mind. Every town was like a whole new game to discover. That's a really good one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thaddy Riley downloaded Morrowind yesterday and will soon play through it for the first time. Then you can have your answer. <laughs> uh, Brad, uh, I loved Bruma from Oblivion. Uh, Sir John Veltus III uh, says, hello, Todd. I don't know what that means. Uh, maybe <laughs> thinks that we're actually uh, Elder Scrolls itself. Yeah, I think we're, we're uh, Todd Howard. Uh, Cheshire, well, I never played Morrowind, but out of Oblivion and Skyrim, the former had the Imperial City, and I love that. I would like to see something of that size again, and expect, except preferably in a single cell rather than separate ones. And that's a really good point right there, that the, you know, depending on where they go, uh, we could have a huge monstrous city. You know, like I said, you know, if we go to Valenwood, let's say, you could have the moving cities, um, uh, tree city of um, uh, Falesti and you know that could be a huge monstrous thing the size of uh, the imperial city just upside down where the tower would be the base of the tree and the radial branches would be the different districts hmm. alright anything else Mike? That is it for our show. So it's just final thoughts and uh, where to find us. Yeah, exactly. So so uh, final thoughts, starting with you, Mike. So I enjoy when we get to go and see the different cities. And uh, I'm really excited that we're doing doubles on Bruma this time. Yeah. Uh, mainly because I'm really excited to see how it looks in the uh, after the, the Great War. Uh, yeah, so join us in a couple of weeks and I will hopefully not laugh my way through the entire reading of... Uh, 
the one book I found. Oh, this is going to be good, man. It's going to be real good. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So, so uh, first of all, Mike, you put together a, a very, a very good show. So, so uh, greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, hands Thank off you. to you, man. Um, and uh, and Bruma, yeah. Episode two is going to be uh, it's it's going to be a little bit different because it's the first time we're really covering something on classic Elder Scrolls that's not actually canon. Yeah. So I'm very interested to see sort of like what the listeners sort of feel about that. Because I had mixed emotions when they announced it, you know. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I love extra, you know, content, extra dungeons to explore because it makes it feel like a new game. But I don't like when like they try and make new lore or, you know, especially people who don't care about the lore. And I really feel after playing this, like the, the group that is working on the Beyond Skyrim really care about the lore, really care about keeping in line with what Bethesda's vision of the area is. Uh, and they really talk about a lot of things that are hinted at throughout the playing of Skyrim when you deal with the Mages College and what happened to the Mages Guild after the Great War. Um, you know, you've, you've got more of the damn Thalmor to kill. Uh, you've got, you know, Ulfric's people running around, uh, you know, causing trouble at the border. And it's like, oh my God, this actually feels like it should have been like part of Skyrim. Right. Um, so I'm really excited. And hopefully, you know, if, if you haven't played guys and you, you know, uh, get the chance it's uh there's it's three mods that you have to download for special edition the very special edition or whatever they're calling it nowadays um you know and give it a chance you know and then uh, that way you have a, a good feel for what we're going to be showing uh in a couple weeks here all right folks well if you've enjoyed the show uh we'd like to ask you to maybe consider listening to some of our other shows such as elder scrolls off the record the um esotr microblock is uh is up uh, the previous episode so uh, give that a check uh, for news and uh, opinions on Elder Scrolls Online, Elder Scrolls and more uh, Quest Gaming Dungeons and Dragons Okay, the next uh, next couple of episodes of QG D&D will be coming out all at once uh, this weekend so look out for that as well as Quest Gaming Magic the Gathering that will be coming out uh, very soon as well all of our Podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and right here, QuestGamingNetwork.com. Uh, you could follow Mike on Twitter at Elders at, at que- <laughs> KDR Mickey, KDR M I C K E Y. You could follow me at Avarwin, E V A R W Y N. And of course, our show. Follow us on Twitter at Elder Scrolls OTR. Uh, that, uh, that Tumblr account. It's going to be uh, coming out tonight, okay? As I, well, this show this show is going to be out probably uh, after the weekend because I, I want to get the uh, the D and D episodes out first. Yeah. Um, QG D and D guys have been waiting long enough for that. Um. So so this will this will be out, but so so the uh, so that that uh, that that account should be out uh, fairly soon. And I'll update you on Twitter. So so give us a so check us out on Twitter. At Elder Scrolls OTR if you want to follow that account as well. All right, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us on Twitch. And uh, thank you for everyone uh, who uh, answered and uh, went, uh, went uh, voted on our poll on Twitter as well. Take care, everyone. Be safe. And as always, may the force be with you.
Who's all there? 